I do feel like I'm hitting into this like third phase in my adult life. You know, just feeling way more confident. Welcome to part two of this two-part series with human design reader, Kristen Sigmund. What's interesting about having this reading is how quickly I was able to put some of what I learned about myself and how I handle life, tasks, projects, relationships. I was able to put that into practice and I've already seen an improvement. Um, One of the bigger things is knowing when I should just stop working on the particular thing I'm working on. Um, I have a tendency to push myself and then I start to basically like if I'm working on a project and I'm typing something up, I just keep like typing nonsense instead of saying I'm done, like I need to move on with my life um, and come back to this. So super, super helpful. Um, I hope you find this interesting. And Kristen has offered my listeners a discount code for a human design reading. The code is JJ25 for $25 off. You can find more about human design on her website, www.kristensigmund.com. I hope you enjoy. So exactly what you were saying about the manifestors who are those pursuer, initiator, starter type people, and that is totally correct for them, but that's only about 30% of society. So 30% loves that. The rest of us actually generators are the most common people in society. So the majority of society is not driving with that manifestor message. And in fact, we're burning ourselves out trying it over and over again. So as a generator, you are a generator of energy and life force and like that fun magnetism that just draws people in, draws in the right opportunities and experiences just by being you, you lift people in that way. So there's a sense of like sitting back and resting and relaxing in who you are and in your like magnetic natural presence and letting things come to you. That is the main key for a generator. And that's why the manifestor message doesn't work. They're supposed to go out and get and do and go, go, go. We are supposed to wait and let things come to us and respond to them and see how they make us feel. So we can like throw feelers out there, like, you know, a resume for a job or ask someone if they need help doing this project or put the feelers out in some way, but it doesn't involve like this main initiating starting from zero and hustling all the way and going. It has to start from a place of responding to something. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So everyone loves generators and they want, I'm a generator too. They want us to be a part of everything that they are doing. And so there's often a tendency for generators to please everyone. So we we sense that, that when we're on and when we're our most lit up magnetic selves, like we sense that kind of magnetism that everyone is drawn to us and that kind of magic things start happening. Like this job becomes available and this car that we've really been wanting is suddenly drops in our lap and you know, whatever this relationship happens. So there's a tendency to want to please everyone because they want a piece of what we have. And so there's a need for us to step into our worth 
and just to really pay attention to how things make us feel. So if someone invites us to a party, does that light us up? Does that make us feel happy? Like, yes, I want to go to that party so bad. Then we do it. If it doesn't, if it's like, if it feels like an obligation, if it feels like that's going to make me really tired, la la la, it means that we're not supposed to go because we won't be our totally on effortless magnetic selves. Like we won't go as the fullest, most lit up version of ourselves. So actually we think by going and doing that obligation, we're checking off the box and pleasing someone, but actually it doesn't help anyone because we're not going in our fullest. We're going with that sense of obligation and maybe a little resentment. Does that make sense? Does that resonate with you? Yeah. I think that there's a really huge example of that in my life in that self-worth became Mm. something that I didn't know anything about or have any Mm. early on in my marriage. And I was overly trying to be a pleaser in order to Mm. keep my relationship going. And I remember this conversation with my husband's mom, where she said we had just, we were having so many issues. And I remember she said, you, you are an amazing person. Like you're this, you're that you do all these things. Like, you know, people are drawn to you and, but, but you have zero self-worth. Mm. And you need to step into that and almost like you need to stand up for yourself when it comes to my husband. And I remember that statement changed like our entire marriage. Wow. Because once I realized that, and I think I was like, you almost get scared to kind of stand up for yourself a little bit. Yes. Um, yeah. Like I was, I, I wouldn't stand up for myself and then I was overly trying to please. And then I would get resentful because I'm doing all these things and you're not doing X, Y, Z and, and it became a whole thing. And then finally mm. I started to stand up for myself and was it Rocky after that? Yes. Cause he's like, who is this person? You know, like, <laughs> yes. like what have you done with my wife? But, <laughs> but then after that, it got a gazillion times better. I love it. Yes. That's so relevant for generators and just for everyone, women, especially as I was prepping for this and considering your chart and looking at it, I was like, it clicked. I had never really put that together, but yeah, generators and self-worth, it just needs to be there because as generators, we know that we have the capacity to do all the things. Like we really do. We have a lot of built-in energy. Most of us, it depends on the type of generator. But when we're doing something we really enjoy, we have that energy to keep going, going, going. And so we falsely think that that will always be the case no matter what we're doing. But we get into trouble when we're trying to over apply ourselves in situations that are not giving us anything back, not giving us any life. It comes back to really honoring our desires, standing up for them and communicating them. And it doesn't mean we're super selfish and we only think about ourselves. It actually means we're really selfless because The best thing a generator can do for their society is to follow what lights them up, follow those desires, follow the things that give them life, give them joy, because that is going to be ever expanding into the people that they're around, their communities, their families. So if you go to that party that you didn't want to go to and you're drained, 
for the whole next day, you're going to be a worse mother and a worse wife and worse at your job because you're tired and annoyed and resentful. Whereas if you had honored yourself and said, I'm really sorry, Stacy, like your party sounds like so much fun, but I don't have the bandwidth tonight. I hope to catch the next one. I really love you. Let's hang out soon. I want to hang out with you. You know, it's not personal. Like, and that's hard to be honest like that and to really stand up for ourselves and what we need and what we want. But it is so much more better for everyone as the ripple effects happen. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's something that I think I'm stepping into, which might be partially because of age. I think as you get older, you get a little more like confident in in what you want to do, you know, but I think that's something that I wish I would have known when I was younger, instead of trying to bend over backwards and be everything to everyone. And even now, as I'm older, I still have those things while it may not be, you know, being invited places by friends and things like that. It comes in the form of like, everyone needs me to function Mm. in their, whatever they're doing. And so while I'm committed to like my students and my job and my family, but then there's that I've also got, you know, Steven's parents or my, my parents. And so all, but all of those things come to me, Mm. you know, and so they don't necessarily go to my husband. They all come in my direction. And then while I'm trying to manage friendships and and all these other things. And so Mm. it's really interesting to hear you kind of talk about that because there are times when I just need to set those boundaries and it's not just like protecting my time, but protecting Mm. my mental energy, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Because the thing with generators is the more we fill our time with those drainers, I love to think about drainers and gainers, the more you kind of let go of some of those things that don't really need to be coming to you, the more space you have for the gainers. Because, you know, when you say no and when you create a hole in your life, you create the opportunity for something to fill it. So that can either be a good thing or a bad thing that will come in and fill it. But if you're thinking this like positive generator kind of way, the more that you let go of, the more energy you're going to have for the things that you actually want to do for your new, you know, sustainable fashion course and for all the creative endeavors that you love to do on the side, your podcast, fun time with family, those things. And you kind of just guard your time a little bit better, then you're going to experience so much more flow and just life and ease and not be so bogged down all the time with that other stuff. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, it totally does. Cool. And anything that's like something in life that you kind of have to do, like you have to pay your bills or you have to take your kids to school one day or things that like maybe you don't want to do, but you have to do, like there are those kinds of things. If you reframe them to be like, okay, I'm paying my bills because it brings me joy to have this bill paid and to have the luxury that having my water bill brings me. I like having water in my life. Or after I pay this bill, I'm going to do something that I really love. I'm going to indulge in something that even feels like so indulgent to do today. You know? Right. Like I had a to-do list over the weekend that was like really a drag. It was like, do my taxes, (laughs) clean my bathroom. You know, it was like a 
a kind of a big list. And I was like, you know, I need to break this up. Like maybe I'll just clean my bathroom and then I'll do my taxes on Friday or whenever I have another chance, like kind of breaking them up. So it's not, it doesn't just totally drain all your energy one day. And then you're like feeling like a drag for the whole week. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Even like so-so things like it's actually great for generators to have two options in front of them instead of like the broad, vague questions like, what do you want to do with your life? Or what would you like for lunch? It should be, do you want Chinese food for lunch or do you want a sandwich? And then you see, so if someone says, do you want Chinese food? And you're like, oh my gosh, yes, I love Chinese food. Let's go get Chinese food. I'm all about it. That is the classic generator response. And so the more you feel that, the more you have that excited lit up thing, that is your indicator every time to do these different things. Someone offered me a job recently and on paper, it seemed so perfect for me, but it didn't do anything for me at all inside. It just felt like it might be a drag. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, I really want to do that. It was like, nah. That that gives me like nothing. Like I get nothing when I think about doing that. So I could have, you know, in former years, put it on paper and said, this should be so perfect for me. Or even people that are dating, this happens too. This person on paper seems so perfect for me. Why don't I feel anything for them? And it's like, it's okay. You just don't. And you just got to own it and move on and trust that something better is coming. So I said no to the job. I'm trusting that something better is coming. Right. So constantly having that like positive outlook and and not having like a scarcity mindset around if I say no to this, something else is not going to come and it's going to be worse actually. You when you say no, you become magnetic to more of what you want. You have like a higher standard. Right. And so just believing that it's this or something better and that that thing yeah. will come when you say no. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's so hard to say no sometimes too, because you feel like you're hurting whoever you're saying no to. Yes. So it's just getting more confident and being able to do that. But it's interesting that you mentioned that I operate better off of like multiple choices of things, because I have noticed that even in like designing something or creating something, I am not great at just coming up with something. But if someone is like this or this, I can easily judge the one I don't like. I can easily like, not that, definitely this, you know? Yes. And I have found that the more I am able to say, can you give me options, the better it is. Yes. So, okay. So have you ever felt like, okay, you have this one stepping stone that you excitedly jumped onto and then you're like, okay, I need the next one. Like, when's it coming? When's this next thing? And then maybe you have like a dangling carrot that's like something that is really dumb and you don't want to do, but you choose it out of fear that something better is not going to come. And then you kind of end up regretting it because it's, it burns you out. It it sucks. It's whatever. Do you experience that at all? Yes. Yes. Me too. (laughs) So actually being a generator requires a lot of waiting Once you get on that one stepping stone that you feel was really, really great, it lit you up, it came to you at just the right time, and it was so perfect. Sometimes it requires an uncomfortable amount of time 
to wait for the next step to appear. So the key is to just trust that it will and to not take those dangling carrots that are like dumber choices (laughs) and just hold out and wait for that better thing because it is coming. And just that each thing that lights us up, each thing, each time we follow our desires in that way, it gets us to where we need to go. So we might not see the end picture so clearly, but we can see each step in front of us. And then when we're like freaking out about the next one, we can pull back and remember, okay, remember how I got to this step and that it was such a blessing. It really saved me. It came out of nowhere. I'm so grateful for this. I know that the next one will be even better. Does that resonate at all? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that happens a lot whenever I'm thinking about like a business venture or something where I'm like the first step, I'm like, yeah. (laughs) And then I get stuck Mm. and something else comes along. And generally it's like my thoughts about what someone thinks about me that makes me take a step in the wrong direction. It's generally Mm. what people think about me or that I'm not moving quick enough or something. And so it will just totally take me in the opposite direction that I should be going. And then I feel sick to my stomach because Mm. it's not going well. Yes. Okay. So let's look at your chart here because that. I want to say this because I think this is going to be really helpful. You see all the white openings, all the white shapes. Mm-hmm. That is energy that you're taking in. So those are completely open, especially up here. Your crown and your ajna, your mind are open. And mm-hmm. so that just gives you like all of this potential to take things in, in a very big way. So all of the shapes at the bottom that you have colored in, those are defined energies. Those are things that you bring into the world that is like a natural buffer between you and other people. So you're not as susceptible as to be so swayed in those areas, which we'll get into what each one means. But you have a lot up there that is just wide open for to take in other people's opinions, to take in what they think, and to be really swayed by that which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it just requires being aware of that. And with people with a lot of those white shapes, they need to, at the end of the day, flush. Like anything they've taken in during the day, anything you've taken in, just kind of come back to a sense of self and kind of flush that out and maybe go back to your original vision, like why you started a business or why you started a project. And Get in touch with like your why. Everyone else's opinion is kind of like you can consider it. It's maybe helpful, maybe not, but it doesn't matter as much as your initial purpose. Does that help? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. So basically everything, the white spaces are where people's ideas or thoughts or things I hear or things I see can come in and affect me. Yes. And because it's in my mind, it's it's worse. If those were closed off, then I wouldn't be as susceptible to that, to other yes. people's thoughts and feelings. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So everyone is to a degree, but yeah, if you, especially that second triangle down, if you had that defined, and actually the top two, the crown is the very top one. Some people who have both of those defined are actually very self-absorbed and are very close to other people's opinions. So that's like the spectrum right there is you can either be super, super, super open or super, super closed. And so it just requires like 
being mindful of that and being like, okay, that's that person's opinion. I get to choose what to do with it. I don't have to listen to it and let it sway me. Right. Okay. And then, so there's one other thing that I want to say before we get into each of those shapes that I think will be helpful. So everyone has an inner authority, it's called, and yours, like mine, is emotional. And so we carry our own emotional wave into the world. So this is one of your centers at the bottom that is defined. It's colored in. So you're not as susceptible to other people's emotions as you are to your own. So if someone had that triangle to the right open or white, they would be super swayed by people's emotions. Like they could come into a room and be totally fine. And then they sit with a person who's like really angry about something. And all of a sudden they're really angry about something and they've just taken in that person's anger entirely. So what's crazy about what you just told me is I do have a hard time processing other people's emotions. Mm. I'm not good other people are emotional, but I am emotional. Yes, exactly. If someone comes to me and they're upset and crying, I'm like, yeah, (laughs) I don't know what to say. I I mean, I'm not mean to them, but I'm also not like, I'm not really great with it, but I am emotional, you know? Yeah. Like I can cry easily and stuff like that. Yes. That's exactly what that center means. The people with an open emotional center or a white emotional center are the true empaths, true empathy, because they can literally feel what you're feeling. So yeah, you have a natural buffer between that and that's why, but it's because you are experiencing your own kind of emotional thing. So yeah, you described it perfectly. So when you say emotional center, is that the red box? That is the triangle to the right of it. Yeah. So if that was white, I would be more empathetic. Yes. Not to say you're not empathetic, but you would be truly, deeply, literally feeling what people feel, which is the true definition of empathy. Yeah. Yeah. So the key with that, since that is your authority right there, your emotions is kind of twofold. So your emotions are really important because you need to pay attention to them. You need to kind of get in touch with how things make you feel, what you're feeling at any given time, but also to take it with a grain of salt. Like it, it could mean something, but it could just mean that you're feeling a certain way and you're going to feel a different way tomorrow. So if you notice like when you're, this is like how you make decisions. The authority is your decision-making area. So when you need to make a decision or respond to someone or show up in a certain way, it's wise to wait until your emotions kind of come back to neutral before doing that. Because, you know, if you're feeling really sad, you're going to probably respond a certain way and it probably will be different than if you were emotionally neutral or really happy. So it's kind of like the dragon that guards the gold sometimes. It's like, okay, let me take note of how I'm feeling. Is it wise to respond to this email right now to this friend, you know, And the key is like just to buy a little bit more time and space to say, I will get back to you tomorrow or just honoring that you need a little bit more time to figure it out. Does that resonate? Yeah, for sure. Which I think I've gotten a lot better with not feeling good onto something right away. Yes. It really takes practice and it takes a lot of confidence to be like, you know what? I'm going to respond to you tomorrow. (laughs) 
Yeah, I definitely don't. I no longer make decisions at night. Mm. I'm more emotional in the evenings. I get more upset in the evenings. So answering like looking at any emails or anything like that. If I look at night and I see something, it will just bug me. I won't be able to sleep. Like, yes. So I definitely try to keep my evenings free of anything that might affect me in a negative way, I guess. Good. That's really wise. And as generators, we need to, so if you ever do have trouble sleeping, that's a really, really good thing to do. Just have these kind of boundaries around when things are going to sway you and keep you up at night because generators need to like exhaust ourselves to sleep well, basically. So physical movement is really important. I like to read before bed. It kind of like winds down my own thoughts and I'm just kind of lulled to sleep by a book. Some people like to watch TV. That's really relaxing for them. Anything or meditation, anything that will kind of wind you down and, you know, kind of expel that extra energy at the end of the day will be really helpful. Right. Okay. Let's, I'm going to talk about your profile really quickly. This is kind of fun. I want to see if this resonates with you because it's a really interesting one. It's where you're, you have that six, two. So that is two different energies that each mean something. And then when they come together, they create something else. So the six is more your internal world. And that is kind of how you see yourself. That's a really interesting one because it's divided into three different phases. So your first phase is like up until your late 20s-ish. And that is like very external, out in the world, experimenting, kind of letting life lead you and teach you and you're learning from your experiences out in the world. After about your early 30s-ish, once you get into your 30s, that's where you shift from external to internal. And then you're not as out and about. You're more internally focused and you're maybe healing and growing and you might have that desire to settle down and to build something and to kind of just be a little bit more to yourself. Have you experienced that going through both of those? Yeah. Yeah. And then something else will happen around your early fifties where you will have both now. So you'll have that external phase and you'll have that internal phase and you'll be able to look at them and draw the wisdom that they've, I mean, you're probably drawing it now, but that is when you're really going to step into kind of a role model position and be like an authority figure that people look up to and gain knowledge from and, and want to hear your advice and what you would have to say about things. Is there a desire in you for that at all to be like a role model? Yeah, I think honestly, I've talked about this in one of my episodes, but even kind of stepping out of directing shows and things that I did for the last 20 years, I definitely think that I am in this like phase two growing up, you know, like the first phase, you're just like having fun and meeting new people. And so then I went through the second phase, which is like getting married and having kids and all of that. And now I'm kind of while my kids are still young, I do feel like I'm hitting into this like third phase in my in my adult life, which is just stepping into the higher parts of myself and Mm. also not being afraid again, of what others might think about what I'm doing, or, you know, just feeling way more confident. And through that, accessing different people, which I think is, is again, back to that, you know, like you said, the external part of this, where now it's almost like I've figured out 
myself a little bit. And so now I'm ready to like maybe share that with others. Yes. Yes. Okay. So that's the six. And then the two is a little bit hermity, a little bit wanting to keep to yourself. Yeah. I definitely am a little bit more hermity now. Yeah. (laughs) And that's just kind of a playful thing, a hermit, but it, it more is that you have like a very strong sense of knowing that comes very naturally to you that you can grow in trusting more. Does that resonate? Yeah. That's what the two is primarily. The hermit thing is more like when you're doing your thing, you don't really want to be disturbed so much. Like when you're really in flow doing something because you're naturally very gifted at something or certain things. And so you want to keep doing them. And that's your external. That's how people see you. They see you as someone who naturally knows internally instead of having to always seek external. So it's interesting that you said that before because like you said, you need to learn to trust yourself. I think that's really an emphasis in your human design chart is not seeking external answers quite so much, but really listening and getting in touch with your inner knowing and then trusting it. Does that resonate? Yeah. It's funny because in the last episode that we did, you mentioned that the human design chart is almost getting back to like what you were if you had no like negative external influences. And so I think that because my dad was so strict, it was very much like when I would do something positive, I would get praised as you would your kid. But beyond that, like there was no positive like reinforcement. And so I was constantly doing something constantly like seeking his approval so that I would Mm. get that positive reinforcement from him. Yes. I think that that's something that it, it leads you to not trust yourself because then you're constantly like, well, I think I know what the answer is, but I want to ask him mm. when you mentioned that in the last episode about how those things affect you. Like, whereas normally if I hadn't gone through that, I would be really strong and I would totally trust myself from day one. Like I would always be really self-assured and have self-worth and all those things. And Right. Be like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. But I think that as those outside influences affect us, you know, as we grow up, we don't trust ourselves. And, mm. you know, because I've worked on my relationship with my dad and now I don't seek his approval really, it's easier for me to trust myself. But I'm moving into a, okay, honestly, it's not about him or anybody else anymore. I really do need to trust myself mm. instead of asking people and waiting for someone to tell me what I want to hear, I guess. Yes. And that is so perfect. Exactly how you described all of that. It's like, that's where you need to practice more and more is just doing that and really getting in touch with yourself and listening. So you do have something else in your chart that would really help you. It's your single definition. And that means you have pretty quick intuitive clarity when you want to. And that is sometimes affected by your emotions. So just Make sure you're at calm, cool, and collected when you reach that internal consensus and that clarity. But you have the ability to really come to like a certainty within yourself pretty easily. So it's just about tapping into that. And all of us have... I mean, literally with every client I have, it's like so opposite, like exactly what they're gifted in has been what they have had woundedness in and they don't trust. So it's so interesting. It's like just such a coming back to your true self and pinpointing exactly those moments in life that made you doubt 
And then just like saying no and practicing doing the right thing in the future. Right. When you're younger, you don't realize that. It wasn't until I had my first son. I remember vividly like changing his diaper. He looks a lot like my dad. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, my dad was once a baby. Like (laughs) my dad is just a person who grew up also and has had other influences influencing him and his decision making. Mm. And it's not like he is the be all end all, you know? Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you had that realization. Yeah. Because this profile number, these numbers mean you have, you were just naturally born with great wisdom and you are born an authority with high standards. And it's the journey of like owning that and knowing that, and then eventually really sharing that with people and empowering people in their own lives. Super helpful. I remember I had a question. Oh, yeah. Oh, I asked at the top what frustration meant. Yes, this is great. So, this is one of my favorite things about human design it's your not self theme. It is like your instant indicator that something's wrong. So, when you feel frustrated or like you're hitting a wall and nothing's working, or you know, you've got that resistance, there's no flow. It means like, okay, what am I doing wrong? What do I need to change? And it usually means as a generator, you're filling your life with things that aren't lighting you up or you're trying to do the manifester thing and pursue and go get and reach out and strive, all of that, instead of leaning back and trust and letting things come to you and then responding accordingly, seeing if they light you up or not. Does that resonate? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So currently, as I'm preparing this course, what happens is I usually like come up with this idea. And I came up with this like little baby idea. And so many people were interested. And then I did it again. And I made it a little bit better, but pretty much the same. And people were interested. And then I'm like, no, you know what I need to do? This and this and this and this and this and this and this. And so my mind starts going But then I get overwhelmed and then I'm constantly in a state of frustration because Mm -hmm. I ended up turning it into something, I guess, that I don't necessarily enjoy because I added all this junk to it. (laughs) That's not the basis of like the course. Like I was excited about the course and about impacting people. And that's when I also realized I just shut down when it comes to my family. I'm like, I can't deal. Yes, that makes so much sense. And what we were saying before is going back to the original vision and remembering why you started something. Because if you look at your chart right here, the bottom is very filled with like great work energy, especially this very bottom square is that's your root. And that is what is motivating you to start all of these businesses and endeavors. That's your momentum. That's like your, the pressure to start which you actually have one of these numbers that's lit lit up is an energy called the pressure to start. So you feel that and you want to get things going and then you have the energy to back it up. Like this red square here, your sacral is your work energy. That's what makes you a generator that what it's like the go, go, go. I can sustain this. I can do what needs to get done. And then your emotions is also another little motor there. But then all of this white up here, that is what will throw you off unless you know how to deal with it. So the ideas come in from the top and they say, whoa, I 
you know, and they're good and they're fine. They're, I need this. Let's add this. This could be so great, blah, 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 blah. And then it filters down and then it makes you overwhelmed because it doesn't actually align with your original vision for starting something or doing something. And then you kind of like, well, what am I doing now? And you lose energy, lose patience. Does that resonate? That's exactly, yeah, pretty much. Yes. (laughs) And then this is one I wanted to tell you about too, this little tiny triangle that changed my life right here, (laughs) learning about that. And this plays into what we're saying too. That right there, it's called your ego or your heart or your willpower. I like to think of it as your willpower. So only 30% of people have that defined or colored in. Most people have it white or undefined, which means it's inconsistent. So the people who have it colored in or consistent are those people who can really show up every single day and be like, here I am world. Like those are the people who are so consistent on Instagram. They post every single day. They show up every single day, which, and they're the ones telling us that we need to do that. Not true. It's one thing if you want to plan your content in advance and then have it post on its own or post it, you know, that's different from like showing up and being in the energy of this is who I am. This is what I'm doing every single day. It's your motivation. So we experience inconsistent motivation. So some days you're going to wake up and say, I am all about this course. I'm all about this business, this podcast. Let's do it. I can give it everything I've got. The next day you're going to wake up and be like, I don't want to do that today at all. (laughs) And it might confuse you. Because that's confusing. Yeah, because do I still love it? Maybe I don't love it anymore. Exactly. And then that's where you need to have just a really handy why, like remembering your why. Why did I start this? Why was I excited about it? Why did it light me up so much? And this is such a need for rest. Every type needs rest in a different way. Generators, it's hard for us to rest because we know that we're so capable of doing all the things. But we're actually not. It's kind of a false thing, especially with that little triangle I mentioned. We really need to pay attention to when that shuts off and to pull back and to rest and to just trust that that motivation is going to come back again. So it's like when you're shooting an arrow, like a bow and arrow, you have to pull it back and aim before you shoot. You can't always be just like shooting the arrow with none of this, the pullback. So trusting that when we pull back, when we rest, when we reconsider, we allow our ideas to really filter and then we can be choosier about them. Like, actually, I don't need a website. Actually, I don't need this Facebook group. Or we can decide, oh, actually, if I do carve out the space to create that Facebook group, I really do think that's aligned and I think that could really add value. I think I have the energy to do that. Does that make sense? Right. Yes, totally. Yeah. Cool. It's it's frustrating to have vision and ideas and the skills behind it and then to have to get realistic of do I have the bandwidth to do all that I want to do? And then having to pull back a little bit and say, "Okay, I can do these two things very well." So I'm going to focus on those. Right. And I think that's the thing is that you when you're someone like me who is like that and who like has all these visions and can do them and make them happen and I do think that I can do it well and I have people who are interested and I have people tell me that I'm doing it well and that they were really impressed. But then time ends up being that thing. So then what are what is the first thing you're going to do? Okay, I need to figure out how to manage my time better. I need to read these books that talk about getting up at five in the morning. I need, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I am a go-getter yeah. and the only thing in my way is time. 
then you try to look elsewhere. And, and then what happens is you end up in burnout. And so I think that's what I have realized is like, I need to do a baby step at a time Mm. and not be desperate. It's just like, I want it to be successful. And so I'm like trying to push it out as quickly as I can. Right. Totally. It's so good because you do have a lot of work energy potential that can support you. But there is for everyone that thing of if we push the gas pedal too hard, if we are waking up at 5 a.m. and that's not working for us every single day, yeah, we're going to reach that burnout. I like what you said about maybe having like just a real, just a list of priorities and maybe even numbering them and being like, this needs to get done first. And I know that when I just hone in on that, I can really do that well. And then moving on as you have time and space. And then the no shame too, if you do need to push back your launch, just being like, you know what? This isn't my full-time thing. I need to push it back or simplifying it, like you said, so that you can meet that deadline. You know, you can't go wrong. Yeah. I think for me, it's a lot of like, I worry. I'm a worrier mm. and I that can get in my way. So I've worked really hard to try to cut down on that, just simplifying things and leaving more room for, for joy. Mm. So what are all the lines? Yes. Okay. I want to talk about this right here with all the lines around it because you were just touching on it. So the lines are whenever you see like a number with a purple color circle around it, it means like you have a certain kind of gift or energy or some kind of gifting. So you have tons around this right here, which is your spleen, that left triangle. And that is what you were describing about worry and fear. So this is a really key place for you because these four lines that you have coming out of it, these four purple circles are each a different fear. And fear in human design is more like if you turn it inside, it will consume you. Like if you let that worry fester and let those fears be, you know, totally internal, they will eat you alive. They're meant to be used more as like intuition. So they're meant to be, they're given to you to attune you to those certain things in order to give you the intuition that you can trust and help other people with. I'll give you specifics. I know that was kind of vague. Um, So see if you respond to any of these things. These are your four fears that you have, you know, in human design. If you don't relate to them, it's okay. But the fear of authority, the fear of failure, fear of responsibility. Actually, there's five. Fear of the past repeating itself and the fear of the future. Do any of those stick out to you? I fear failure is definitely like the biggest one. Yes. I am terrified of failing anything for sure. Mm. So your fear of failure is not meant to cripple you or stop you from moving forward. It just means you can sense when something is on the brink of success or failure. Like you can kind of sense it. You have a feel for it. So maybe if you're looking at someone else's business or someone else's like endeavor or project, you just have like a gut thing that's like, I don't think this is going to make it. Or wow, this is really great. I think this has a lot of potential for success. And so 
just the awareness is really helpful of, I have a heightened attunement to failure. I need to not let that affect me. I need to work through it and use it to my advantage. Right. Do you often, do you see if things are on this brink of success or failure? Can you kind of see that in other things? It sounds snotty to say this, I guess, but in a way I do feel like I'm good at reading things and I'm in tune to things like that. Like, I think I'm skilled in seeing the way that businesses operate and seeing where the downfall is and what could be fixed, I guess. Nice. That's awesome. It's one of those things where like, maybe you can see it in other people's businesses, but you don't see it in your own type of thing. Yeah. Maybe Um, there's a blind spot. Right. So yeah, you can trust that more. And even especially like you, if you have a blind spot there, you would want someone that you trust to speak into your business and kind of tell you those things. So you could be really beneficial to someone else who needs help if that comes on your path or lights you up in some way. Yeah. I'm going to give you this whole write-up of every single aspect. So you can get into the details later if you want to, but all of these fears are kind of written out, but I'll go over them quickly. So the authority, like what you were saying was, it's not really a fear of authority so much. It might be putting people on pedestals and thinking of yourself as lesser. Mm -hmm. But then there's also the gift of like, you have the ability, like what you're growing in now to step into your own authority and then to help others step into their own authority too, like in a really healthy way. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what you're wanting to do with the podcast is like empowering people. Even like your last episode, it was like, here, learn from my failures. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then fear of responsibility can be a tricky one. That means you are like a natural visionary with an eye for potential. So you may have like a crippling fear that becoming your highest, most powerful self will attract negative attention. So there's like a need to consider where you might be limiting yourself or what fears you have about rising into your own power. When it's redeemed and used externally, you can be like such a great visionary for spotting the gold in other people, spotting their potential and like calling it out in their business, in their project, in them as a person. Do you feel that you have that or like to do that? Yeah, I love mentoring people on business, but also I think that's pretty much what I do at the school as my job is to mentor students, but also mentor the teachers in my department and help them grow. And because I am really wanting to help my teachers to grow into, you know, the teachers that they want to be and the mentors that they want to be to their students. Mm. And then I totally love helping people with their businesses and helping them to see the potential in themselves. I think I've realized that a lot of people don't see that. I love helping people with stuff like that. So yes, you're spot on. We're kind of rounding into home here, but This last thing I did want to mention was your incarnation cross up here. These four numbers next to it, um, they correspond with different gates down here, different um, of these lines and numbers. And so that first number is the most important, and then it goes down from there. But your first one is called provoking with consciousness, which is what you were saying. It's like you have this refreshing way of speaking the truth. It's like a healthy jab. It's just like this fun way of speaking so refreshingly honestly that it's not offensive to anyone. It's just like everyone's like, oh yeah, you're so right. You could say the same thing as someone else and this person it could people could be really offended by. But when it comes from you, it's like this breath of fresh air 
it's like a charm with which you say it that they're just like, yeah, you're so right. And I need to change. And it, but it has to be done in good consciousness. Right. If it's not, it doesn't go over well. So that needs to be used positively, but it sounds like you're doing that. So 38 is deflecting struggle. So you're built to withstand challenging situations. So Mm -hmm. when other people kind of lose their heads in panic, you have the ability to remain calm and to confront what you need to do. And so just knowing that you have that sometimes really strengthens that in people because they might doubt it. And they'll right. say, okay, you're right. I, I do have that capability. You know, if a tornado came through here, like I know what to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. If you've ever seen a movie where directors and it's like coming close to showtime and like people keep coming up to them and like asking them questions and like, yes, go you no, this, that. Yes. I can quickly be like solving issues really, really fast. Yes. Oh yeah. my gosh. That is sheer chaos. That job yeah. <laughs> on show night. <laughs> I love that. Your 51 is the need to impact others, which I can see that you have just that desire that you want to impact people. Like you don't just want to live, you know, a quiet life by yourself. Like you want to change people for the better and impact them. And then the the encouragement here is that you don't have to strive for this. This happens naturally as you lean into your gifts the things that you love to do, the things that light you up. So you can trust that you're having that impact as you're following naturally what you want to do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is super, super amazing. Like I said before, it's nice to just have someone say like, these are your strengths. These are your weaknesses, or this is how you operate. And so that you can think about that and make those changes in your life. Yeah. I think one of the things that you said that was really helpful is to just sit back and wait. There's this thing in me that wants to go, which I guess is what you were mentioning about like the work centers and how I'm like constantly just wanting to like go, 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 go. But being able to simplify that and then sit back and be like, okay, this is the thing that I want to do right now. I'm going to do this and see how it goes. Mm. I already experienced that, but for whatever reason, again, I changed my path. And so looking back, okay, like what brings me joy? Like what was so much fun about that? Do that again. Like just do that and slow your roll. Like, yes, that was definitely something that hit me. Good. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm so glad it resonated. It's so much info. I know it is a lot of info, but it's really good. Good. It's very, very helpful. 